0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/host.
1: It's hard to to sort of step away from it. I don't want to do it half-heartedly. I don't want to do I don't want to just dip my toe in, you know, or like, you know, I want to do everything f- like full on to the max or yeah, I always feel like I'm running out of time, you know.
2: Welcome to episode 84 of the Adventure Podcast. This week's episode features big wave surfer Andrew Cotton. Back in August, Coldhouse and I teamed up with Sidetrack magazine on a pretty exciting gig for Porsche, where we created a short film that talked about Cotty's affinity with the infamous surf spot Nazare and his big wave surfing. At the end of the week, I sat down with him to dig a little deeper into things. What followed was an hour of introspection from Cotty as he sat in front of me really working out what the appeal and motivation to surf big waves is, and what it will take to sate the voice in his head that constantly shouts, you can do better. You can watch the film and read the written story at sidetrack.com. Okay, over to Andrew Cotton. So, can you just begin with the same old speech? speech. Who are you? What do you do? Uh,
1: my name's Andrew Cotton, and I'm a professional, <laughs> I'm a professional big wave surfer. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? But yeah. Does it? Yeah, but I'm not just a big wave surfer. I'm, you know, like I don't know, whatever, wherever you want me to be.
2: <laughs> what are you? Come on.
1: I don't know, but you can't, I don't, I don't know, like, I, I don't know, like, you, everyone wants to put it in a box, don't they, you know? Well, I'm a professional surfer, but technically I'm a professional big wave surfer, aren't I say. So, I don't know.
2: So, outside of professional life, like just generally, mm. what do you do? What's your lifestyle like? How do you live?
1: Um... God, that's such a that's such a hard question. That what do I do? I don't know. Like do, I don't know. Do you ever like I finished a lot of weeks and like what have I done? But I've been really busy. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? It's been like that. But, um, like the, the last couple of years have been pretty. You know, like I haven't really been, haven't been home much. I haven't, you know, um, with COVID and stuff. And I don't know. It's been sort of pretty, pretty full on. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, that's really bad, isn't it? No, it's <laughs> not
2: really bad. It's just interesting. I think, like, I don't know. It's hard. We've talked a lot this week. It's a weird time.
1: Yeah. No, it, is, you know, it has been. It has been. Good. And I sort of said I'm at home, but then I I spent the first bit of the lockdown actually at home, um, which is really it's probably the longest time I've been in. Been in North Devon, and it was a good time. Uh, the, the this winter was a bit, a bit harder because I came to Portugal and sort of got, or chose I chose to get stuck in Portugal rather than get stuck in, in the UK, which was, was you know that choice was for, you know basically it was the best place to to get big waves and and to continue, some sort of. Um, work you know surfing and and training um but yeah but yeah like, yeah like other things that i do i've run a i run ai do a lot of motivational talks and 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 that sort of thing um we do i do run some really fun um i'd say i don't know they're sort of, I was going to say retreats, but I don't like to call them retreats. They're all, like, courses. So, training courses with my good mate who I've done loads of training with over the years, Andrew Blake. We call them surf fit, but they're sort of, like, changing into, like, more of, like, a mind fit, like, breathing and, and like, headspace sort of thing, which he's, like, I, I, I'm i more, like, he's got really into it and um, I've looked loads off him, but... And, and I use it obviously for my you know f- f- to help dealing with anxiety stress fear in what I do, which I found't I know I think it's really helpful take things to the, sometimes can take things to the next level because fear fear anxiety can stop you doing a lot of stuff a lot of good stuff and if you can sort of try and manage that, I think, you know we can all everyone can perform a little bit better well that's sport. Work, life.
2: (laughs) That's what I was going to ask. So you say it's helped you a lot. What just with surfing?
1: Um, No, 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 not just surfing. But yeah, like it's great. You know, I think that's how you know I've I've used it professionally. You know, to, to deal with situations you know you're faced with, and I think that's how people. When you see some of the situations that I've purposely put myself in sometimes you know or put myself in by choice and how you deal with those those sort of things um so yeah i i use it for that but i've also used it like you know i've had some pretty bad injuries and as we all do you know like it's you have know, the ups and downs and sleepless nights and you know all that sort of stuff and you I know, and that sort of headspace you know get through that sort of stuff as well you know, so.
2: yeah okay cool So, I mean, obviously we'll talk about lifestyle and fear and accidents and stuff, but let's just go right back to um, early life. Like, where are you from? What were you like as a kid? What did you get up to?
1: So from uh, Devon. um, Moved from like Plymouth, which is South Devon, to North Devon in around about seven, eight, I think, which is where my dad grew up. My dad's from, from North Devon. Um, that's where I sort of got into surfing and swimming and, um, had pretty chronic, chronic, oh, I don't know what the right word for that is, but I had quite bad asthma as a kid. So I think, uh, but the doctors recommended my parent, like recommended my parents get me into swim, swimming and water sports. So I did a lot of swimming and stuff, which was at the time, yeah, you know, I've enjoyed it, but I wanted to play football rugby but I was just I couldn't run. I was just like always out of breath running, so so it's hard to participate in those sports. Um, but the swimming was really good for the breathing and like um so then when surfing came along I just naturally fell into that. Just and yeah, and loved it. I like got more more and more fed up of swimming up and down in lanes and all that, you know. And more into yeah, just the ocean, sort of no rules, sort of make up as you're along.
2: And I don't know if you have the memory, but like when you look back and think about that first time in the water or those first year of surfing, that first year, what's it like to think about it?
1: You know, I can remember that particular buzz and and actually, um, I don't know if I talked about it with you this week, but I think it's that buzz from that first time that you're sort of still chasing now. You know, that like wow I don't know like I can't like yeah like time slowing down that maybe flow state you know and I, I don't know if like you know at the age of eight it was actually flow state but but it's that that feeling you know and uh and I still think that you can get that feeling of the first wave like I still get that you know some of my moments like this winter this past winter just gone like I definitely had that feeling like well this is not my first wave you know like that's what it's about and surfing's quite I think maybe all sports you know surfing's very much it's quite frustrating quite quite hard where you're almost to the point like it's hard like you you kind of get fr- very frustrating and, and you're dealing with the elements and you know ability lack, or lack of ability and you're like you know and every time you're sort of very at that crossroads Sort of hands you that that golden nugget that makes you carry on, you know. Um, and there's been plenty of times, you know, as even as a as a kid growing up, and then you know, actually, like uh, there's been so many crossroads where you almost give up, or almost over it, and then, and then the ocean sort of gives you one of those golden tickets, and you you get the same buzz as your first wave, and you're like, actually, yeah, that's why it's worth going for all those. Frustrating times, you know.
2: And was it like that throughout your teens? Then were you just getting that hit all the time?
1: Um, I was, I was like, I can remember, like, I did love it, and I can remember, you know, like, to, like it was like I wanted to be, I wanted to do something in surfing, you know, and that, you know, that was very apparent from from very, uh, you know, early on. You know, surfing wasn't a job, you know, like it was never intended to be a job. And it was told, you know, I got told, you know, pretty early that surfing couldn't be a job, you know, like because it's, it's no such thing. Um, and the, but like, like I knew, it, obviously, I knew it was like because I'd seen people competing on the world tour and stuff, and I just it presumed that anyway or assumed that the um, way anyway, it would be a job was to compete. So just try to compete, and you know, competed locally and competed national like national but I I just always did terrible, you know, like I was never I was never a competitor, you know.
2: I was gonna ask like when you were a kid, were you any good?
1: Not really, no. I I, I like I won some local contests, you know, like under fourteens and stuff and maybe like a junior contest lo- locally. Like Crawford Surf Club sort of stuff, you know, level. But yeah, I was never I was never that good. I could string a couple of times, you know, like... But I wasn't, like, pro surfer material.
2: And so for, like, teenage Andrew Cotton, what else existed outside of surfing?
1: Not a lot, really. Like, through those years, it was... um, Well, I left school uh, as soon as I did my GCSEs, so 15, 16. um, I knew I didn't want to go to college, so I got a job in, in a surf factory... And just surfed, skated, partied. You know, like like any. You know, that like, that was that was it. You know, and lived like obviously lived to work, but you know, worked to save up to go away every winter. And, and I did that sort of cycle for ten years, staying at the Surf Factory. So yes, worked in the Surf Factory, would save up all the money all, all summer, and then the Surf Factory closed in Christmas and opened again and in March so then you travel for three months and spend all the money you saved all summer and then start the cycle again, you know. <laughs> Which is great, it was great, you know, like it was it was the dri- it was it was actually better than being a, a um a pro surfer, you because know? there was no pressure, there's no Do you know what I mean? It was great, you know, like
2: So what were those first moments of like the big trips like? Like when you were first getting into going away?
1: So I left school um you know, you finished school what in like June or July? and then uh, started work uh, at the surf factory that summer. And then we finished work Christmas and went away. Went did two months in Barbados when I was 16. Just, yeah, missing it, loved it. Yeah, and then, then straight away into that cycle, you know, from, from 16.
2: Straight away chasing big waves? Uh,
1: no, no, but no, just chasing, you know, just chasing, just surfing, just having fun, you know. Um, And it was never like, again, like you're saying, you know, it's the big wave thing. It's like, you know, it's never, that was never an intention and it hasn't really ever been the intention, you know, like obviously, you know, life has a funny way of putting an emphasis on certain things and, and, but I just, I, I, from very young, I, I liked Big Surf Usually at home, if it was big and windy, there'd be no one out. It would be like I kind of like that. That whether it's like your solidarity, you could. I could always choose my ways. I could, yeah. So I was just comfortable, and I loved it. So I always. And and then, through, my like late teens, early twenties, when, like a lot of my mates or other my peers were going to like, Indo, for the winter where like it's like perfect nice perfect waves very performance orientated especially like it's out of season so the waves are generally smaller um, I ended up doing like a couple long trips to Hawaii and like North Shore and yeah and just yeah found again like found my little niece like the power and like the the big waves and, and pushing it I think I was just better at a different sort sort of surfing you know the it was more of a commitment headspace you know going straight rather than trying to do turns you know like but yeah
2: what was it was it just that you were better at it or did it appeal more
1: um well it just appeals more and then you become better than that you know like um and as much as i you know like i really did want to be good at small waves i did want to be at that competition surfer because that's because that's what professional surfing was and still is you know like you know, competitions and, and and smaller ways, I suppose. And but I just was, wasn't, you know, just didn't have it, didn't have the ability. Um, but yeah, it's, the, the big way sort of was like, okay, yeah, I yeah, enjoy this and I like it. And, um, so yeah, do it more.
2: So you've got this lifestyle of traveling, we had this lifestyle of traveling around the world. When you weren't working, and you were working to live.
1: Yeah, but but the, with with the, the great thing about like working in the surf factory is that our schedules were sort of written by the, the surf report, <laughs> so we weren't working like an eight to five or f- like nine to five. We worked oh low, around low tide and around the conditions. Just just how the surf you know just how we did it. So I, I was surfing a lot all year round. Um, you know, and and that was, yeah. The working conditions are, aren't great, and it's hard work. It's not, you know, it's it's hard work making surfboards. You know, it's not. Um, everything was handmade made back then as well. There's no machines. Um, but we surfed whenever whenever we wanted. You know, like so, it's pretty. It was pretty. It's a good carrot, you know, <laughs> right? to especially for like you know someone who surf matters, so.
2: Yeah, and so was, I mean, how much did the community of that affect you and draw you in?
1: I loved, like, making surfboards and hanging out in the surf shop and surfing with mates. You know, I think I was, like, generally the youngest, so, that, you know, they're all older than me, they're all better than me, like, you know, like, all looked I looked up to them and it was like, we surf together. We work together. We travel together. You know, it's it's really fortunate sort of environment to be in. What changed? Oh well, like you know, like you just you you know, you get to the mid twenties and like thinking back, it's like that's not that old. But it's it's at the time I was like, shit, I'm twenty five. Like I need to need to sort my shit out. You know, <laughs> like I need to get a proper job. And you know, like you got your parents, like saying that, you know, you never be able to afford a house doing that, you won't be able to, you know and and you know, that they, they were right, you know, like, um, I couldn't have done that forever. Although well I could have actually, I could have done that forever. Yeah. But in a responsible adult world I couldn't have done that forever, you know, like um and my parents are very, I don't know, yeah, you know, my dad was a policeman, mum's a you know, worked in a school, so, you know, they're quite, like, proper job, sort of, scenario. So, yeah, they sort of were, like, well, you know, I think my dad had a, had a brain, you know, like, had a thing and was like, oh, what you should do is... I think they were actually... There was, like, a shortage of skilled labourers in, in the UK at that point, or plumbers or something, and he was like, OK, right, well, you should do this, and he suggested plumbing. So... I it might have even been funding for the evening. Like, there's an evening class at college, and did the did the plank course.
2: How did that feel?
1: Um, there, there, there was it was too you know like it felt like oh shit I'm growing up you know. Um, I think I, I juggled both both for a bit. Like I worked at the surf factory and then was doing like the evening course for the first year and then like then you like had to then sort of get an apprenticeship and then it was, cha- it was that when you changed the apprenticeship it was like well it wasn't then the surfing like goes less you know obviously the holiday you're not getting three months off every winter you know like um, but then the money was great so well, it wasn't the first year as well as an apprenticeship but as soon as I qualified you know I got a pretty good job, salaried, it's like, living the dream, <laughs> you know. But, um, but you know, it takes you, to, you know, like I was, it was doing that, that's when it sort of like, sort of hits, you know. I think it was like four or five years, and then by the fifth year, I'm like nearly 30, and you're like, if I'm doing this until I'm 60... Like, <laughs> like, I was like, like, I can't, I can't do. It like, like, it's it something in me. Like, I knew, like, I knew, like, I can't, can't do this until I'm sixty.
2: It's a tough question, and you don't have to answer it. But like, do you regret leaving the factory?
1: Um, no, I don't. Like looking back, like now, I don't. You know, when I was plumbing, I did. But it, it took me. I think I had to. I probably would have. You know, I was so comfortable and I loved loved it. I would have never have gone. I would have just stayed there, you know, like, and, and that that's nothing wrong with that. You know, like there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know, but I would have just. I was just in my little cycle and I loved it. You know, and I probably would have been very happy. You know, you know, for the rest of my life probably. You know, probably still be there now. You know, glass and surfboards and going away for three months and just cruising. You know, like and and. So there's nothing you know that would have been it, but I think it was like work. You know, you, I think you have to do. It was doing the plumbing job sort of made me wanna you know not do that. You know, like like I, I like you know yeah. So and I don't I don't I don't mind hard. No, I'm happy to work. Hard, I don't mind hard work, but I just was like you know because because yeah. Working in a surf factory is not easy work, it's craft, you know, like. But it, I think it was like the... Yeah, it's just not surf, It wouldn't surf him.
0: and Airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: how much were you say from when you applying
1: um I still you know weekends maybe but sometimes not you know I think I was sort of at the end of that I was trying to like you know having to beg for like the afternoon off and you know or like book stuff in weeks in advance and you don't know you know like the surf surfing isn't isn't like that you know, it's it's very active reactive to the conditions so like when you your boss is like i oh, don't you can't go today but you can go tomorrow it's like well it's going to be rubbish tomorrow like, i don't want to go <laughs> like i want to go now <laughs> you know, like low tides in three hours like it's going to be good for the next two hours and then it's going to be rubbish or you know, do you know what i mean so yeah it just it doesn't work and what like that is it
2: so, if I've this already, I'm going to ask keep probably keep asking it. But so, what changed? So, what do you mean? When you were plumbing?
1: So, what? Well, I just I like was just unhappy, and it's sort of like okay, well, then yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of do what I loved, and that was like you know surfing big waves and doing you know. I think I so I quit that. Well, I don't think, I, think I quit my full time job. And I was like, well, I've got to trade, I can do odd jobs. And I love big waves. And I um, was already, like, sort of getting involved in a bit of the big wave scene in Ireland. And I came up with this master plan, which was, like, rather than have to spend all my savings every winter to go, like, long haul, which is obviously expensive, I could keep it local, you know, as in Ireland or Europe so it's a lot cheaper, and rather than go somewhere and hang out for three months, um, just go for specific swells um, to keep the cost down, and then I could work in between, so if there was no, like, obviously, it's not, so not good all the time, so there can be weeks, you know, where where it's, you're twiddling your thumbs, you know, like, I could be working, you know, like, and then I think the, the, the other thing I did was I got a, the summer job. So rather than work, go back to work in, in the surf factory, I, I applied for um, a lifeguarding job and RNLI, local beach. They would train me um, to really good training, training to use jet skis, all the things that I want to do, and you work on the beach so you can physically train and you can surf a lot so again it was like ticked all the boxes so yeah I did that
2: so just to backtrack really slightly can you tell me a bit about the surf scene in Ireland and what it was like at the time and how you were involved in it
1: in the winter there wasn't really much there was like no one really so there was Gabe Davis who was obviously um, from like Newcastle Way and Richie Fitzgerald they were sort of like the py- pioneer in it, you know, like pushing it. But I think Gabe was living in France at the time and Richie um, had a business. So they weren't, they were there sometimes, but they weren't there all the time. Um, so they were sort of, you know, we were sort of following in their footsteps a little bit. You know, they sort of made the first sort of. And um, hooked up with a, a northern island Ireland surfer called Almeny and he was super, super keen, super motivated. Um, he, he loved big wave surfing and he was, you know, on the case, you know. And so, yeah, it was great. Those first few years, like they were, you know, it was cold, it was hard work and loads of learning. And it was slow because obviously there's no one to, to, to teach you and especially, you know, just basic stuff, you know, like the safety was terrible, the you know, our set up, you know, everything was pretty rickety. But we were sort of learning from watching YouTube videos or, you know, um, there was no one really there to sort of teach you and then so that was like two or three years like that and then obviously then the you know, Fergal, Lowy and Mickey Smith came along and stopped doing the stuff and, and and Claire and you know, and then that's when the Irish scene sort of took off when when they sort of arrived. You know.
2: Yeah, and what were you trying to achieve? Like, and physically, what were you doing?
1: Just wanted to surf some big waves, and like, and I think like the the idea was is like, okay, if we get some media coverage, you know, we'll get backers and people will want to be part of it. So the Anthony Butter. A guy in uh, who's at Plymouth University of um, Art and Design. I think we worked with him. He was making. He made a movie. He did some surf movies about like the, the contest scenes in the UK, and he also made a little documentary about us called Driven. So we we did that for a couple of years.
2: Was life simple, or did you feel pressured?
1: Again, it's that thing like yeah. Looking back, it was really simple, you know. <laughs> like, but you put the pressures on yourself, don't you? So, I think at the time, like, living through that, yeah, there was pressures, you know, like, huge mistakes, huge, like, life. I look at, like, you know, what we used to do, how we got away with it, I don't, I don't know, like, I definitely wouldn't do it now. <laughs> or if anyone said they were going to do the stuff that we were doing, to me, today, I would say, oh, don't do that, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Like, but yeah, we, I mean, to know how we got away with it, but we did. Like what? Like going to sea in all sorts of conditions, no comms, no like just crappy life vests, you know. Like, but we wanted to do it, you know. Like, you know, yeah, there have been numerous, yeah. You know, and, and, but not just like going to like, it's not like to the, the local spots, but we did missions like, you know, out to sea, you know, like trying to look for waves and. Where we'd lose track of land, you know, and and then you're on a jet ski with no sat nav or no phone, or you know, do you know what I mean? Like things that, and you, you're just thinking like, like yeah, I I remember I one time, we even got like lost in the fog, you know, like on, on a on a two stroke little jet ski, like with no real plan, you know, and you're just thinking like, what are we doing? You know, like really dangerous really dangerous yeah but we did it and and you know and you and yeah there's a few mistakes and there's a few rescues and there's a few things and you know but you learn from those yeah and you improve and yeah as long as you I suppose as long as you do learn from them you know like now I wouldn't even go I don't even like I wouldn't even think about launching the ski at Nazare without a radio or out some comms or without a proper life jacket, you know? Let alone go to sea, <laughs> you know, like um, so yeah, you learn from them and but as long as I suppose as long as you do learn from them you know. Like.
2: So how important is the adventurous and the exploratory element of it for you? Like I think sometimes surfing feels like it's hard to categorise because like skiing, you've got half pipe you've got park you've got piste, you've got free ride what you guys are doing is it's the mountaineering equivalent right
1: i suppose yeah i never like i've never really thought of it like that um but yeah like i suppose it has a, a lot of it has been about exploring and about pushing my you know, my personal cuz i haven't come in from from a profes- professional you know, like a lot of the professional surfers now, you know, like they're pretty much professional, but on are like 15, you know, like probably younger, um, and they work their way up, you know. And, but I suppose I've come in from a different angle, you know, coming from the side door, <laughs> banging, um, so, so yeah, and I suppose it has, it has a lot of it. it has been about, like, I enjoy that chase of trying to get, um, you know like the biggest wave or the you know like find a new place or because that is is the fun bit isn't it you know it's it's like looking around the corner see what's going on you know like not just surfing your local spot every day you know like and that's cool and I think that's how you know I think like yeah I'm working with filmers and photographers to, to make you know either YouTube edits or you know like in, you know, in the past few years I've been lucky enough to work on Brigger Productions and Yeah, it's been cool and you know, it's super, super fun.
2: So why do you need it?
1: I guess it's a good question, you know. Well you don't do, but you 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 know, I think I think a part of it, so I think the adventure, you know, that you know that, I think it's just, you know, like, I, I, I love it, you know, I love it, and, but, you know, like, going, like, the, like, the extreme side of that is obviously the big, big waves, like, the you know, like, the Nazare stuff, and then, you know, like, you, you sort of question that, like, do you, you know, do you really need that, you know, like, maybe you want to, it's, I suppose it's, yeah, it's just hard to get off the train, you know, like, you sort of need, you sort of, part of you that wants it doesn't want it and it wants it at the same time yeah like that's how the the and I was thinking mm-hmm. uh, obviously two days ago you know and you're like oh you know what are you think about I'm like oh, nothing and but you know like you I was thinking shit like it's, we're in August now like two months potentially it could be you know giant waves again you know it's, it's like do you, you know do you really want to do all that again there there's lots of different types and styles of waves and you know, um there's you know and so so and some some waves for me like like I like or there's like the, the wave that you draw in your your textbook as a kid, you know, like, like the dream waves, you know, and then then there's like you know, the really, really big waves, you know, which I've found myself going that down that route with Nazarene and sort of it being my sort of niche within a niche, you know. But at the same time, it's like there there is a lot of risk with it, you know. And it's like I, I love it, but then it's it's so hard. It's so hard to describe. Like, I don't want to miss a swell there. You know, like, I don't want to miss a swell there. But I always like, oh, like, you want to be there, but you don't want to be there, you know. I don't know. Like, it's just a hard... Do you wish you didn't want to be there? Sometimes, yeah. I wish it'd be like, yeah. Do you you know, um, which brings us back to COVID, was, was a great thing with the COVID thing, was like all the options were like off the table. And so you could just be in one place and not have internal battles going on. If you're like, oh, I want to be there, I should be here, I'm not doing enough, I'm not, not, you know, I should be pushing myself, I should be, you know, and I feel that's with the Nazare thing, like, you know, like, I've always felt like I've never quite had the way, or never quite done enough there to be completely happy, but it's it's every season that's such a, like, whoa, like, it's, you know, it's a lot to put your body through again, you know, like, it's to the extreme. You know, because it's, it's not just surfing the wave, it's driving the jet skis, it's it's dangerous. It's a dangerous place, you know.
2: But we've spent a week together now and, like, surely it's deeper than that. Surely the only sacrifice is, is that's not the only sacrifice, is it? What do you mean? Like, deciding to come here for that swell. Yeah, it's hard on your body, yeah, you've got to drive the jet skis, etc. But there's more to it than that. Like, you've got to come here and commit to this place. That's we, a big deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you either like, but because you, you you sort of you know you're on the train, aren't you? You know, like, and it's like, do you like at what point do you get off? Like, it's kind of hard to get on the train. So yeah, like you know you don't you don't want to get off. You don't want to get off at the next stop. You know you want to keep keep going, and, and it's trying to like. I don't know. Like maybe maybe you maybe there'll come a point where I just get that wave or have that season where like I go right, okay, like I've done everything that I needed to do and and I've achieved everything that I want to achieve, but, um, but yeah, it hasn't quite happened yet.
2: Do you think it will?
1: Oh man, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but again, it like. Do, you, I don't know if you actually. Like how do you know it it's just that thing isn't it you know like a lot of surfers you know big wave surfers have the you know the same or like anyone I suppose anyone like that doesn't matter if you're doing stuff with risk and to to an extreme you know like it's hard to to sort of step away from it I don't want to do it half-heartedly I don't want to do I don't want to just dip my toe in you know, or like, you know I want to do everything f- like full on to the max or you know
2: so, we'll come on to talk about Nazarene in a minute and the big waves and stuff, but like, what is it you're actually gunning for? And I don't mean this unkindly, I'm just like, genuinely like, very, very curious. Do you want to ride the biggest wave that's ever been ridden, or do you want to do that so you can have a career?
1: Yeah, you obviously want to do, you want to, you want to achieve something, yeah? and And for me, like, you know, like the biggest wave ever, or something like that, you know, that's achieving, that's achieving the goal, you know, the, the goal has always been, like, oh, fuck, you know, like, um, ever since I, I towed Garrett into the world record that, that way in 2012, and it's like, I can do that, I know I can do it, I know I'm capable of doing it, like, that's what, like, that's, that's my goal, then are you driven, you know, like, <laughs> you, you fight with the ego, you know, like, like, isn't going to come naturally, and then the... I don't know, like, it's just it's just that, that battle, isn't it? You know, like... You know, should you do doing... It, and you're doing it with time as well, because you, you always feel like... You know, I always feel like I'm running out of time, you know?
2: And you can't control the waves. And
1: you can't control the waves. No. No, yeah, you can't. Uh, yeah, it's just like... The, the more the more I think about it, you know, like, the more it's just like... Here's what it is, you know? Like, I, like at, at, some, at some stages... I go through periods of like, like it doesn't matter, nothing matters. All I need to to focus on is enjoying it, keeping fit, healthy, happy, and all the rest will take care of itself. But then there's other times where I'm more like driven by like, yeah, like I need to, I need that, like I need to get that biggest wave, or I need to to win something, or I need to, you know.
2: But you probably know that you don't need to beat them, right?
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But people say that who... No, I I don't know. No, I don't think I'd be happy. I think if I look back and, you know, when I'm 60 and I haven't put everything into achieving something like that, then I think I'd be disappointed in myself. Yeah. I think I'd be like, you had it all on the plate. And you, you could have you know.
2: But you have though, right? What do you mean? Achieved an unbelievable amount.
1: Uh, well, not really. No, I'll well, find. Like not like, I've rode a few big waves, and you know. It's pretty, you know. It's pretty, like that. I haven't really won an award for falling off once. <laughs> That's like worst out of the year. Like. You know, the one award that no one wants to get. Like, like you know, So re- <laughs> like, really, no, like, I haven't really done what I wanted to do.
2: But you're talking about if if we take the awards angle, that's competition with others, right?
1: Well, yeah, but it's competition with yourself or with the elements or with Mother Nature, I suppose, isn't it? You know?
2: I guess that's what I'm trying to understand. I mean, I'll stop going on about it in a sec, but it's like, Competing with other people for awards or competing with yourself to go out and ride something that's bigger or ride it better.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and, uh, I, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Well, I'm always competing against myself, I know, so that's like, you know, bye bye, but I don't know.
2: I find it really interesting because I get to speak to lots of different people about this sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. Like speaking to you, it sounds some of it sounds ridic- like I'm sort of like, like it does sound a bit ridiculous, you know, but at the same time it's like it kind of motivates me, you know, like I feel like it's like pushes me to to wanna to ride better, you know to wanna to train a bit harder to wanna to, you know yeah to wanna to make it happen, you know rather than just be happy with mediocre or you know um, yeah well, yeah, I want to give it well, you know, like you you want to do a good job, don't you? you know that was I feel really like really, really lucky to to have have like sponsors or supporters to back me, you know, so like like I think like a lot of kids sometimes, especially like younger kids think, oh, you know, like once you've got a Support of a brand or a sponsor, like that's when you've met. It's like that's no. That's when the hard hard work starts because then you have to make. You want to do well for them, you know. Like, you have to, you know, you want to give them a reason why they're supporting you, you know. And the reason that that they're supporting you isn't just to do mediocre stuff. It's to go out and go absolutely bonkers, isn't it? You know, like, and push yourself to the max. And yeah.
2: to lighten it up <laughs> tell me about and it's fascinating haven't been here for a week now but tell me about the history of Nazare the wave and the place and who's Garrett and what did you guys do
1: so to go back probably in 2010 um, so I was hanging out on Ireland just surfing some big waves in Ireland and you know like we said like I was lifeguarding and plumbing and having a a good time. And a guy called Garrett McNamara, who's a Hawaiian um, big wave surfer, very accomplished. Um, You know, even back then in 2010, like, he had won, like, multiple awards and um, surfed some insane waves and uh, jaws and... Maui and Hawaii and Tahiti and even Alaska, I think, and Mavericks and you know, like all, all like the spots. You know, like he was very accomplished. He, yeah, he he reached out and needed support because he was coming to Europe and um, I'm gonna try and surf this place called Nazaré, it's like a beach break where you know, at that point, no one was really even looking at, him, which is bizarre. But you know, because obviously it's it's. You know, we we were there last week or this week you know, it's just like walk to the headland and you know, it's right there, And you know, it's not like hiding anywhere. But um yeah, and he'd been told that the biggest ways in the world right there and he was gonna couldn't ride it. And um yeah, fast forward not even like it was like two years he went on to ride like the Guinness World Record, Biggest Wave Ever Surfed, and and Nazareth, with the help of me and Al Mene.
2: And it remains unbroken?
1: No, no, no. The the record got broken in 2017 by Kosher, uh, Rodrigo Kosher. Uh, It was actually the same day as I broke my back. He broke the record. So, yeah, Garrett broke the record in um, 2012, Kosher broke it. 2017 but there's also been like obviously um, you know Maya Gabrera broke two world records there Biggest Wave Surf by a woman and um, I think there's a kiteboarder Portuguese kiteboarder kite, kite called Strew who that was on the same day as well 2017 kite surf the Biggest Wave ever kite surf it was a giant like yeah
2: and you broke your back and I broke my back on the same day yeah. that all that happened yeah yeah. That seems very significant and poignant given everything yeah. we've just discussed.
1: Yeah, I can't, yeah, it's kind of frustrating because I kind of knew, I knew it was going to be the day which is like, I knew it was going to be the day. Like, stuff was going to go down. But, and it, it was a day to take the risks, you know, like, um, but, I kind of, like, I remember being on the beach that day in a lot of pain and just, super pissed off because I knew like it was I think sometimes like things are timing and it's about it's about especially when when you're dealing with the ocean and and swells it's about peaking at the right time being in flow with yeah with, with the day with mother nature with the energy with you know like and some surfers are really good at doing it sometimes you luck it you know just by flute you, you peak at the right time and the wave com- waves comes here and other times you're you're out of sync you know and sometimes yeah and that day it was I was completely out of sync you know. I sort of peaked too early and then i committed too early and i uh, put it put it on the line when i should have been sort of playing playing a bit conservative you know
2: what do you mean peaks or sink in sync
1: Well, like so, those days can be long, you know. Like so, so like when those storms hit, like the day, the surf can be big all day, you know. But there'll be a moment within that day where where the tide and the pulse of swell where that'd be like two hours of like really, really significantly bigger waves than the rest of the day, probably. There's been times where like you go in early, and rather than just getting a couple and waiting, you sort of feeling good and you get three or four, then you might take a bad wipe out, then not feel it, you know, it might not your confidence. But if you're like really in, in flow, like you just know when your time, the time is, you know, like, okay, right, now's the time. Now's the time. You know, this is going to be this next half hour. We're going to get the, the biggest waves without doubt. Like now's the time to like sort of focus, wait for the right wave, you know, and, and draw the right lines. Yeah, so yeah, it's like anything, you know, like you gotta gotta, gotta choose your moments.
2: And what happened to you?
1: Chose the wrong moment, you know. Um, you know, it was a good wave but it was a bad line, like I draw through a bad line and I and I committed, you know, too much on on a mediocre wave which yeah, which, you know, like injured me. And That's it.
2: Can you actually, can you, if you can, if you don't mind, like talk me through what actually happened and what happened afterwards.
1: Yeah, it was relatively like, we checked the surf super early, it was was firing, like really good, big, um, and I saw some really, really nice lefts, but it was going to get bigger all day and I knew that, Um, but the wind was going to increase, so like although that, it wasn't the biggest in the morning. The wind was perfect and it was really beautiful. So we went out about, yeah, 10 o'clock, nine ten o'clock and got a few waves. And then I I think my third or fourth wave got towed into like a really dreamy, smooth left and just sort of read it a little bit wrong. Well, no, I read it like it looked, looked like the best wave ever, like it looked like, you know, the best wave ever and... Read the wave like wrong, and it changed very quickly. And then, but but you know, like once you commit to the line that I committed to, and you know, the second you commit, you know, the second you let go of the rope, you you committed, and you you're going down. But you can pretty, you can choose what where you sort of go on that open canvas, you know, and you can play that as safe as you want, or you can play it, you know, as risky as you want, and. And I like I, I was like the dream is obviously to ride the biggest wave, but if you can get barreled, you know, like be like be in the barrel. And that's what that morning that's what I saw and then you know, I saw some crazy left barrels, you know, and I was like, okay, well this is the one, you know, like and and that's how I played it out and then but just yeah mission mission aboard halfway through. And uh yeah, just yeah, it's got well, crushed, you know, like, um, and like ejected into, ejected into the flats of the, of the wave, and you know, it has a lot like a real heavy impact, and and then continued to have like another two waves, on like break on me, and you know, a lot of pain, and I pretty much knew like the second that I hit that it's like anything, you know, like, when you when I when I fell and the impact was so so heavy. Like I knew, like okay, well, That's pretty much my day done straight away. And I'm like, what was it that? I know it's a
2: shit question, but what was it that broke you back?
1: Uh, the impact. So it was wasn't the initial, because the wave, the the wipeout's quite um, extraordinary. Because usually, like, you surf a wave. Okay, I'm not going to make it. You either straighten out or you try and pull pull in. Or, um, but I was like in a real mid-face, like nothing position in the wave, you know, like it's really, um, and so I, I sort of jumped off my board and usually like straight away you'd get impact and you go tumbled underwater, you might pull your life jacket, um, and you come up and you get rescued, you know, but as I jumped off, I was expecting and I braced for like that impact of the lip or the, the wave that, you know, it was going to break. And I didn't get anything. And I, and what happened was the wave, the lip landed fractionally behind me. And, it, and so rather than, like, get that impact, it landed and then pushed me out. So, like, projected me forward. So I had this weird... I didn't have any impact. And I just had this, like, weightless feeling, which I'd never had. Like, I'd never had that. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Like, this is not the feeling you know I've fallen off my board thousands of times like I know it's like that that feeling's ingrained in you you know you know where you are at all times like I'm feel super comfortable super safe like like you know that's just how it is and I was like oh this is weird like I've never felt this before like couldn't really picture myself where I was in the wave or underwater or like I was just like and I actually got projected out and in front and I must, I don't know how fast I was going, but I was going fast and I was projected high um, in front of the wave and then I landed in the flats of the water. And, yeah, when you're travelling that fast from that high and I landed, like, bum first, and, yeah, just the impact. That's what broke, like, instantly straight from my back in, like, that fetal sort of position. Yeah, it crushed my vertebrae like instantly, you know? And I I, I knew like I knew. And then you had the wipe out and I was like, oh yeah, I recognise this bit, you know. <laughs> um and then yeah, and then I came up and then I didn't have a wave break on me and yeah, it's it a tough tough minute or so.
2: <laughs> and then you get dragged onto the beach and get dragged
1: onto the beach and yeah, it's like and then it was like a standard I I, I knew like I had like pins and needles down my right leg but I knew I knew like I was just like I was like boys like you're going to have to like it's this is, this is a standard spinal procedure you know like and you know majority of surfers have always worked at, you know at some point I worked as a lifeguard and, and I was really fortunate to have some really amazing you know there's lifeguards on the beach but also some surfers there as well which they all chipped in and you know did a really good job of stabilising me and sort of getting me in the back of an ambulance like relatively quick, you know. What were you thinking about? I was just blown it, you know. I was like, oh, like, this is, like, I don't know how long, but I knew that, like, the the biggest way were yet to come, you know. How much has that had
2: an impact on the person you are now?
1: Uh, I don't know. I think I, I think it's um it was a really good opportunity you know like to like I learnt loads about my body about my fitness about you know loads of stuff you know and, and I hope I hope it's given me the opportunity to sort of things you take for granted like because I'd, I'd had I'd had I had had injuries before you know like I'd had a few ACL operations and um, so I had been out of action for, for periods of time but I think it was the the closest, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty shock, you know, but it it didn't, you know, it wasn't, it's never at, at one second ever like put me off, you know, it was, it was a shock and it was a nightmare obviously because I couldn't surf for, for, for so long, you know, and, um, and it, and it did make me ask a few questions about what's, you know, what, what's all about and whether I really want to do it or. But you know those. You know, yeah. I can't tell you what it's all about or why you want to do that. You know, but it's something I, I like doing. But whether you want to do it again, like it answers those questions get answered really quickly is when you do go back out there and you find yourself wanting all waves and you want. You know, you don't. You're not just doing it. You're doing it because you love it. You know. <laughs> um, and those then that becomes very apparent very quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you are doing it for right reasons. You're like, all oh, right, so I'm not, you know, not just driven by my ego, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know like, you know, I do do it because I actually really love it. You know, like that's
2: a pretty good reason. Yeah. What's the plan for riding the biggest wave in the
1: world? What's the plan for it? Yeah. Um. The plan is is not to to make it, not to let it drive you. So I battle with this constantly, you know, like, and some years I've better luck at it than others. Like, so although it is the goal, it can't be the main focus. And I think the main focus has got to be enjoyment, um, fun, you know, and, and working on projects and like that that give you stuff back, like and by doing by you know, having fun, enjoyment, um, working on projects, you know, with with brands or sponsors, you know, that's gonna give you the opportunities to to be on the big swells which hopefully, you know, the stars are gonna align and, you know, and then you can get that you get that moment.
2: If you could describe in only a few sentences why you do what you do and what it is that connects you to what you do. How would you do that?
1: You know, my passion is surfing, you know, like, or maybe my passion is actually just being wet, you know, like in the, yeah, yeah, like in the water, you know, like whether it's like in a swimming pool or in a lake or like, you know, I think my my niche is that, that, that thing that drives me is, is the surfing thing, you know? the the ocean's like scary when it's flat isn't it it, even when it's calm it's scary but being being in the ocean when it's like the waves are really big or really stormy it's like it's like I don't know it's next level and someone within me like I don't know I like pushing those buttons to a point (laughs) so how does foiling play into it all I originally started foiling because I thought that's how I'd surf the biggest wave in the world but then I realised how how bloody hard it is. So <laughs> I like, brand, brand window pretty quick. Um no, like I I was about four years ago, I think it was like, you know, obviously the Laird Hamilton stuff you watch and the Kyle Lani stuff and it's like, whoa. It's like and I and I did think like that on a surfboard on on the biggest days it is hard to, to you, I, sometimes I feel that like you cannot go fast enough and it's so bumpy and it's so hard to the waves aren't enjoyable sometimes because they are so so fast and so bumpy and I was thinking oh yeah well, maybe you know that is the way like to foil those big days but it, then it turned into the realisation is that it's actually really fun and small waves and it makes and it makes you look at the, the ocean in a different way and Actually, like falling in big waves it's just pretty scary, and actually falling in small waves is just really fun, so again again, like it goes back to the enjoyment thing like and it it's yeah lear- learning again like learning like it's it's you know like those those top guys like Laird and Kai and that, and there's you know hundreds of other guys that make it look super easy and flowy and but it's really hard you know, and and learning that and Starting from scratch and, you know, it's been really good fun. I really, really enjoy it.
2: So, and so for those who don't know, what's the full name for it and what is it?
1: What is the... the hydro Falling, I guess. You know, um, and, um, yeah, it's just like flying. And it's, it's not like, it isn't, although it is on the water, it's not, um, it's very, it's not like surfing at all. You know, like... Um, And you give, yeah, but it feels good. Feels really good.
2: There must be huge crossover, though.
1: Yeah, but it's not because it's not, you know, like surfing or surfing, snowboarding, skateboarding. I don't know, like your boards connect. You're connected to either the water or the ground. You use your toes and your heels, where like you kind of like got to get that out of your head. You know, like your the heels. I think it's more like hips, front and back, you know, like your weight. Um, and, and yeah, and you, you can just fly over the ocean connecting like lumps of energy, you know, and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's fun as.
2: And so technically, can you describe what the boards are like and how they work in the water?
1: So, so the, the boards are generally, well, so one it's, so it's basically the fin of a board, yeah, so the the, the surfboards can be like any surfboard um as you, know, you see some guys with stand up paddleboards with them on, i think even kite kite boards have them now and but underneath the water is like a long mast uh so you know twenty eight inches twenty four inches um with a with a huge yeah like a wing. and then you get that to a certain speed and you, you sort of lift it out, you lifting out the water. And the more you push back, the more it comes out, the more you push forward, you know, you keep it in. And um yeah, and it just it's it's just super efficient, you know. And you and you can ride swell lines rather than waves, you know, like where where you couldn't push, you know, paddle into a wave a wave that's not even broken. You can sort of Ride that energy and yeah, just yeah. You almost feel like you know when you, you if you watch like birds, see birds like fly over the you know catching the. Sometimes you feel like that, especially like on unbroken waves. You know, like when you just find the lines and sort of like just at the top as you get the speed and you can drop down and you lose the speed, but then you bring it back up. Do you know what I mean? When you see the birds flying over the ocean like that. That's what it feels like.
2: That's something pretty fun to pump your energy into.
1: Yeah. It's a good time. It's a good way to spend um again like more time on the ocean, you know? And yeah, keep busy. It's really super good training, like leg training and so it's like a good crossover.
2: And do you think you will do something with it?
1: Well as in like try and put it into big waves. I don't I don't know, like I watched um, Lord Hamilton and a couple of his mates tow really big Nazare two years ago and it was something special to watch, you know. And, but I think, I think it's time to be spent on the foil before you go do anything like that. I think if I'm going to write, you know, if you're going to write those bigger swells, I still want to be surfing rather than falling at the moment. So, yeah. But it's, it's a good way to pass the time for sure.
2: That's funny. So it's definitely not a yes or a no. No,
1: no, no. Well, again, it's just it's just been us ride waves, you know, and and um, and I think, again, it, I, I, do you know? It opens up. Like there's waves at home where like they're not real good waves, but they're probably good foiling waves. You know, it opens up a different category of waves. You know, and how you can ride. So yeah, so you know, I think it opens it up and. To, yeah, to, to loads more spots, and again, it's like talking about adventure, you know, like so it gives it another excuse to go places or surf different zones, which you know you, maybe you can get away from the crowds or do your own thing, or um, yeah. So I think I think it's a really it's a really good thing to have in your in your in your board bag, you know, like in your quiver. And I'm sto- I'm stoked. It was. It was. It was. I'm stoked. I'd, because it was one of those things when, you know, you, you see people doing it, you know, like, oh, like, how hard can it be? And then it was like, shit, it's really hard. It's like, all, you know, but it was good. I'm glad I persevered with it because it because it was like um, it would have been pretty easy to be like, oh, yeah, it's too hard. Like, I'm over it.
2: Yeah. And so maybe a bigger question, but like on a global scale with surfing. Because there has to be a line right at which those boards because of the friction just can't go any faster than normal oh, boards oh no I
1: reckon those guys are like that. I think that I think everything like is always moving That like, there's always a couple guys ahead of the curve that you can ask yourself questions like why would the top big wave surfers be getting into to that and the sort of stuff like I, I, don't, like, I don't I don't know like but I should imagine you know like Laird maybe and, and Kai they're probably riding stuff that is way ahead of the game you know they're probably they go ridiculously fast and and you're in control and you know I don't know like like. but I think there's actually a video I think on YouTube of Laird at Nazway, and I think it's, it's definitely worth watching because then you're like whoa like like it's next level
2: how long before it comes normal, do you think?
1: Well, it already is normal, isn't it? I don't know. I think it is. I think it's 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 big. I've noticed, like, at home this year in, in North Devon that there's more more guys wing foiling, kite foiling, um, stand-up paddle foiling. You know what I mean? It's becoming more... Yeah, more. Yeah, it's more available, more...
2: Yeah. You reckon we'll see people doing it this season here?
1: In Nazare? Yeah, yeah, there's there's already, like, a crew of guys that are... are, are of more focused into that again like you know like takes a couple people to to push a few boundaries and then it inspires a few other people and then before you know it there's a, like a movement you know Like so yeah there's there's, there's definitely a, a few crew at Nazare that are out there regularly and, you know so yeah
2: for sure Will you be with them this season?
1: Uh, no I'm still I'm still trying to figure out my you know my my normal toe boards to, for the biggest days. I, you know, I'm trying to juggle the falls on that as well. know uh, I'm going to keep it for the smaller days and, and keep that on the fun side, you know.
2: And will you come here this season?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, there's no, yeah, without a doubt. It's going to, yeah. October, I'll be here from October and, um, but I'd like, I would I would. there's a few other places that I'd like to try and you know Covid and travel restrictions permitting there's a few places that I'd like to to try and get you know again trying to keep it not just focused on the on the you know the biggest wave but on the enjoyment and fun as well in big waves obviously but yeah
2: so you're not going to get off the train
1: no, I'm not getting off the train yet. <laughs> I think yeah I think I've got a few more a few more stops on me yet, I think. For sure. Nice. I'll leave it there. Alright.
2: Thanks for listening. The podcast is hosted by Matt Pycroft, is a Cold House production and is produced and put together by Ola Omori and Alex Hall. If you'd like to keep in touch, you can email us at info at and you can stay in touch on Instagram at theadventurepodcast.